0: Alexander the Great, Achilles, George Washington, and Abraham Lincoln. And I said that and I was like, what a list. And then I got hit with the next question, which was, okay, what do they all have in common?
1: What's up? My name is CJ Finley and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. What is up, Thrive Fam? Hey, CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive in Life podcast, and I wanted to run it back with my buddy, Matt Johnson, here today. We're going to have some fun. We're going to start off the podcast with a ketone IQ, and apparently Matt is the ketone bro now on social media, so... Um, yeah, we're gonna start with this, and then you also brought just work, and I, you brought me the icy flavor. Um, it's one of the best ones. I don't even want to know what's in these, but I pitched Matt this idea. I was like, "You should come over, and we should take a ketone IQ shot, and then we should five minutes later just start chugging a just work energy, and then just see see how the episode goes." And then I we had can the go-
0: create creatine gummies out there too. We should have like took I mean, like fifteen who- grams of creatine
1: go get them right now. I mean, yeah, yeah. let's,
0: let's get it right now.
1: <laughs> okay. We're going to pause right now. And I'm just going to talk to you solo as Matt goes out to get the creatine gummies. But yeah, we're going to start off with the ketone IQ and then just work. And apparently we're going to do some creatine gummies, but Matt, Matt came over. We're going to chat about how to help other people achieve their their goals their dreams through coaching. So Matt is a coach. He's been coached same thing for me. He's an athlete. And one of the things we want to do here, here on this podcast, as always, is to help other people grow. And I wanted to kind of dive into how does he get the most from the athlete athletes that he helps and anybody else that he's coaching in his life? Because it can be friends, family. It could be advising and consulting for people around you. You're working with a lot of brands now, and there's a lot that goes into it psychologically and the best leaders on earth are also putting themselves into arena. So we'll talk a little bit about what Matt has planned in 2024, what he's going to be diving into. But before we get into every uh, little nugget that we're going to talk about here today, let's start with this Ketone IQ. And I guess right now you said we're going for this like little
0: noise that Yeah, we're going to be, (laughs) we're going to be, we're going to be juiced up here. So I think that if That was it. I think I got it. That was it. All right, all right, go. Right, go. Right. <laughs> I didn't do mine right. I Ugh. forgot that I always like I just I just one mouth it like right off the bat. One mouth it? Yeah.
1: I, I don't even want to know what that means. But <laughs> first you said you actually had a question yes.
2: to start off with. So, I had a friend and I and I guarantee I guarantee that you have mm-hmm. that you've you've received this question, but
0: I had never received this question and she asked me the other night and I'm like, holy crap! Because the way that she turned it really made me think. So you have to have dinner with four people. Past, present, dead, alive—doesn't matter. What for? <sighs> yeah,
1: that's hard. That's hard to be put on the spot to do it. Four is a lot. Just wait.
0: Let me start with just that. Just wait. Let's do. All right, you can cut it down to three. Just give me three. It doesn't. But just wait till the next question. And then Richard just, Branson. Then it's really going to make you think.
1: Richard Branson. Okay. Created Virgin, everything. Um, Naval Ravikant. Those are two. Anyone? King Leonidas. Okay, <laughs> from three
2: hundred. I like that. I like that. I, like I don't that. know.
1: So, like, okay, all
0: right, no, no, keep it. You ready? Yeah. Now, now, what do all three of those people? have in common.
1: I, I want to add my fourth, uh Martin Luther King.
0: Now, what do all four of those people have in common? Um there's a there's a trait in there.
1: I mean the, the easiest one is like standing for what they believe in personally.
0: Love that. Pause. So you as a man a very very big thing in your life is standing for what you believe in. If that if that is the first thing that comes to mind that those men have in common,
1: mm. that's what this girl told you. Yeah. Like, uh, so who were
0: yours? Okay, so I said Achilles, Alexander the Great. This is off the wall. The, I, like I don't even know how, why I picked these four. It's like two a.m. as well, so <laughs> bear with me. Alexander, were you the listening great.
1: to like Noah's <laughs> threads or or tweet, <laughs> reading his? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alexander the Great, Achilles, George Washington, and Abraham Lincoln. And I said that, and I was like, "What a what a list!" And then I got hit with the next question, which was, "Okay, what do they all have in common?" And I'm like, "Wow! Like, what?" A all right, let's let's group. flip
1: this on its head. What what woman would you want? What women, woman or women, would you want at the dinner? Because it's so funny because if you asked a woman that, she would have probably responded with women. If you asked men, they were responding with did. men. She did, yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, it's weird how we naturally gravitate yeah. towards that. But it'd be a much better dinner if we had like variety. So I'll
0: go, I'll, I'll go with women next, but, but hear me out. You ready? I'm like, okay. So Alexander the Great and Achilles, both elite warriors, right? George Washington rode into battle, first president of the United States, rode, rode into battle on horse. Abraham Lincoln, I'm like, okay, you know, Lincoln freed the slaves and like, that's phenomenal, right? So I'm like, damn, like what, like what's the connector here? It is that all of those men are protectors. That was the first thing I said.
1: Yeah. They believe in something enough to protect it.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. So like, you know, you know, as a warrior, like, you know, Achilles and Alexander the Great, like, you know, they're warriors, like they're protecting their people. George Washington rode into battle on horse First president of the United States, believed in something enough to protect it. Abraham Lincoln freeing the slaves and completely changing the trajectory of the United States, protecting protector. She's like, So you're a protector. And I was like, whoa. If like, you were in World War if you were in World War Two battling
1: in World War II, like what would your position be?
0: Oh, man.
1: I've gone back and forth on this because it's like some days like I want to be on the front lines. And then other days I'm like, oh, it would be really cool to be behind the scenes doing strategy. And then no. other days it would be cool exactly. flying an airplane.
0: Like I know what I would want to do. I would want to be, and I don't know what, the, what their jobs are. Well, obviously, I was never in the Navy. But the guys on the ships that used to man the anti-aircraft guns <laughs> where you're shooting these, I don't even know what it is, astronomical rounds at these planes. And like, think about uh, think about the guy during Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. you know, the chef that took the reins and was like, D-d-d-d-d-d-d-d-d. like, oh my God, that would be that would be so sick. Imagine shooting down a freaking plane with a gun, bro. That is nuts. That's what I would want to do. Yeah. I would either want to do that or obviously like, when I joined the military, uh, 2014, like I joined as a combat medic. Um, so like, uh, I mean, being a medic, like like serving people, helping people, like people that are out there fighting, you know, saving their lives if they get into... Do medics shit. have any weapons on them? Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. So now, I mean, you have the you have the traditional weapon. You also have, have medics will have a uh we pistol, like they pistol train. So uh traditionally in the military, you go out and you do weapons qualification. And at one point, like I was a truck driver, we were a tactical unit, so we would do training with uh like heavy weaponry, like on top of vehicles. So like 50 cals, um 240s, 249s, uh like big automatic weapons and then we would traditionally you know we qualify with our our m16 or m4s but as a medic you qualify with your m4 and you do a pistol qualification um and then like there's other i can't i can't really say and i don't want to give you the wrong information but um there's other military mos's jobs that uh you qualify with like a shotgun and like there's 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 different there's different weapons quals so yes medics do have weapons Unless Have you ever jumped out of a plane? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why did it take you so long to answer that? Because I just thought about it would be pretty badass to be a paratrooper too. One of the guys jumping out of planes to yeah, like but I'm telling you what, go bro, rescue like, somebody or like it, if do you are jumping of out missions. of a plane
0: and you are jumping into a combat zone, you are in for a hell of a time. Oh yeah, like, like you you don't. But, you know, I mean, I think
1: it, World War II, you're in for a hell of a time no matter what. I yeah, mean, unless you're, like, behind the lines. That's true.
0: I don't know. For me, it's, like, descending out of the air. Like, you're just you're an open target. You're just, like... I mean, granted, that's why we do most of our jumps at night, but yeah, I don't know.
1: That's pretty freaky. I don't know how we got on this topic, but I'm, I'm pretty happy we did because it <laughs> kind of falls in line with, like, how do you lead other people in the best way? And when you're talking about being a protector, it's, like, it's one thing to protect yourself. It's another thing to protect the masses of people. So when you're thinking about that protector role, what does that look like in today's world for you? Cause you came out of the military and now we're both civilians sitting here on some loungy chairs in a loungy town and wearing our Texas. branded, wearing our branded yeah. apparel, so
0: it's just like, drinking our <laughs> supplements, <laughs> living what this is, pr- what a privileged life. What does protection look like? Uh, you know, the first thing that I think of when I think of protection is you know, you uh All you
1: right, we're out. ten minutes and we gotta we gotta I don't wanna oh, cut geez. you off, but we gotta make that sound of the
0: <laughs> crispy. Uh, hard crack. Cheers. We used to do that a lot, didn't we?
1: <laughs> I don't know about that, but
0: the CJ and I used to drink a lot. Not together, but separately. <laughs> being a protector first thing I think about is like you're out with with your significant other right and where are you gonna walk when you're walking down the sidewalk you're gonna walk on the road on the side of the road right being a protector these these things right when I sit when I sit at a when I sit at a restaurant with somebody I always want to be the one that's facing the door Because I wanna see, you know, if something's going to happen, I want to know where the exit is, or I wanna know who's coming in. That's the like that's the protector instinct, in my opinion. And then relating that to like then the next thing I think about is friendships and protecting my friends. Like you don't you you don't disrespect my friends and and think that it's okay. Like I'm not gonna sit back and watch you do that. Whether it's physically, emotionally, anything like that. Protection. That is the, Those are the first things that I think about when I think about protection is like the physical aspect or the emotional aspect. It's not like there's no deep meaning of protection to me. It's just protecting your people. It's innate. It's and, in you. And yeah, I mean... Like I think, something
1: for me that like we just did... High, Aaron and I just did High Rocks in <laughs> Dallas. And w- like protection can can look in many different ways. And I think... We don't give ourselves enough credit for having that like instinctually in us, especially as men. Like, that is your role. Mm -hmm. That is is part of your role. You are a protector. And I think we, we put too much weight on money and chasing these things that are outside of us, but inside of us, like we are wired to do that, to protect. And for me, it was like we flew my mom in to watch Aiden because right now, I don't trust anybody else outside of our family and our nanny who we love with him. And so we did that. And then the next thing is like, I'm looking at Airbnbs and like, I rarely, it usually takes me like 20 minutes to find a decent Airbnb that I like, but it took me like a good two hours because it had to be right for her and Aiden, uh, for me to feel like I could be in flow state during the race rather than worrying about wherever they're located. That's fair. And that's like such like, nobody really thinks about that. Like, I did that without really thinking about it. But when I think back, I did it for that reason. And one of the reasons, again, even, like, we have a truck for one of my businesses, but it was also we thought through, like, when we have kids, like, I want to buy bigger vehicles because that's just a natural... Like, if we're all going to get in the car at the same time...
0: You don't want to be in a Prius. Yeah, exactly. So it's just
1: like you're just reducing your, your risk. And it looks so many different ways in today's world um so i'm glad you brought up that sidewalk thing because that's something and then also like when you sit in not only facing the door but being on the outside so that you're the mobile one yes so that like if something goes down like i can immediately get yeah. up
0: and so be where the mobile one. where do you think like where do you think that you learned that because because to That's me why it's like I think it's part innate. I, I, yeah, because to me it was always like, you know, you, you're putting these situations in the military and, you know, where you need to make a quick decision. So I always thought that like, oh okay, like like why I think this way and why I do these things is because of that. But then you have you know, people that weren't that weren't in the service or something like that and you're telling me the same exact shit. And I'm like, man, like how it's got to be. It, it has to be. But but it's not because there are men out there, that 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 don't that don't think like that. I mean, I think I mean, go go into a restaurant and look at, and then I mean, I mean, here's the greatest example: is go into a restaurant and look at the men that are sitting with their back to the door. I will, I will literally make myself sit at a different table if I cannot see a door.
1: What if there's two doors?
0: Great question. Then you have a 50-50 shot on or something's <laughs> going to go wrong. But I will be looking at one door, the you largest I mean? door. Like, Face the yeah. largest door. Yeah, largest door, or the or the door that has the easiest access. Do you have a problem in crowds? What if you and Aaron were going to go to a concert? Does that bother you?
1: Yeah, I always go at the back. I always go to the back so I can see everybody. The shit
0: out of me. I hate like. Crowds Did you, were just...
1: you at the HBLT thing when when the speakers were there?
0: No, you weren't. No, I was doing the Chad next door.
1: Okay. Yeah, so I sat in the back there. And it's like every every time I go somewhere, it's almost like disrespect to whoever's speaking, but the reality is like I don't like not being able to see behind me.
0: I think about concerts. Like concerts, uh, groups, raves. I don't know. So here know I have, I have rave, a funny but... I have
1: a funny story about this specific topic. Um, the girl I dated in high school and early on in college, she loved Mac Miller and he was playing near Rutgers for Around, I think, her birthday or around sometime. And I got her tickets to go see Mac Miller. But then I uh, had a, another friend, he took her to it because I was like, I don't, she wants to go to the front row. And I was like, I'm not doing that. So she was like semi mad because she had obviously her boyfriend bail on going to this concert with her. But in the back of my mind, it was like, I don't want to be at the front row. And this is before I even thought, like, like, it was innately in me. Like, I wasn't thinking
0: the See, way I, I am now. I just I'm did I'm different, that. though. Like, like I, went, uh, I went to the Jelly Roll concert. Um, I went to the Jelly Roll concert here in Austin. You know Jelly Roll, uh-huh. right? And I coach his, uh, his nutritionist He's an ultra runner. And I coach them. So I had two VIP tickets to, like, the front section. Like, everyone's behind me. I wasn't bothered at all that people were behind me, but I'm just un- like like if I I'm not, like I don't want to call it anxiety. It's not anxiety, but like it just tires me out because I'm always just watching.
1: Yeah, I have I'm to be. I have to be trashed.
0: Around. I like, don't need to be in the back. But I've like, been
1: at the front of concerts and I've I have to be trashed. Yeah, to like reduce that anxiety or that depression. Yeah, not depression. Um, <laughs> overwhelm.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Hmm.
1: What else goes into to we're kind of like on the topic of protecting and serving. What does that look like in terms of like coaching other people?
0: I mean, do you a life like the biggest thing for me is, you know, being in the military, I keep you know, I think I think that's going to come up a lot was, you know, I was 18 years old and I was like, dude, I want to I want to I want to join the military like I want to But at the time, like, I didn't know, like, you know, people are like, thank you for your service. Like, I didn't realize I was just, I was serving others. Um, But, you know, that's a life of service. And spending so many years, in my young years, growing up doing that, that I knew as I was making my exit that, you know, through the, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022, um, doing charity events and charity work, like, service to others, and then getting into athletics and becoming a coach. Like, like I realize.
1: All right, we're back. So the mics were cutting out a little bit. So I just wanted to make sure that we didn't lose any audio from this episode. But in the meantime, we're now chewing on create creatine monohydrate gummies, blue
2: raspberry. Creatine is great for endurance athletes. You're only supposed to really take like, five grams of cream tea in a day. I probably take like 30 to 50 because I literally chew on these like they're vitamin C. That's
1: where they get you with these things. This is better than the orange. So good. Um, But we were talking about serving other people and what that means to you. And honestly, we were talking about how both of us have attention problems. So I don't really know where we ended off because I wasn't expecting to stop this at all. But if you can remember your train of thought,
0: Service, service to others. I never really understood that, like, coaching was a service. You know, like, I, I, it was just something that I'm like, man, like, I just enjoy doing this. Like, I enjoy helping others. And um, I actually was just talking with a friend the other day where I'm like, I would love if, if I can get, you know, my... Get my life to a point to where I'm making enough during like making you know making enough through brand deals where I don't I don't have to worry about coaching being an income because I have a problem where a friend will reach out be like hey like I would love it if you would coach me to you know xyz and I'm like yeah done like d- too easy because if you're a good coach it's 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 not difficult right and I feel like you know yeah, if you have 30, 40 athletes and you're charging, you know, three, four hundred dollars a month, like you're you're you can make bank coaching and make really good money coaching. But it's not about the money for me, it's about helping others. And I would love to get to a point where I can just coach, you know, ten to fifteen friends and just do it for free. Like I don't I mean, I spend this morning I had a phone call with a friend who I'm coaching him to the Rocky Raccoon one hundred in fifty one days. You know how long it took me to set his schedule? An 18-minute eight, phone call. What,
1: what if you... What? If, I mean, I think you can do both. Because I've thought about this at depth. How much is running that race worth to this individual?
0: Uh, oh, it's, it's worth a lot because he didn't... Same thing as Leadville. Like we talked about last podcast. He didn't finish last year.
1: Yeah, so like something you can ask people is like, ultimately, like, what is this worth? Like monetarily to you because I'm going to help you demolish this race. And it's almost like the uh, um, Robin Hood. It's like yeah. take from the rich, give to the poor. So you set yourself up where there's people out there that can afford the service and you're going to get them to their goal and then they're going to afford you to kind of like take on some other people. That Yeah,
0: I mean, my highest paying client paid me $6,000 up front for six months of, yeah. of coaching. Like... Which isn't innately and that much. It's no. $1,000 a month. And literally, like, like now this is macronutrients and, you know, weight training and, and all of that, but he, like, there is there are people out there that they don't even care. And he's like, you know, how much is it? And I'm like, it's, you know, X amount. And he's like, how about I just give you six grand for six months up front? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, deal. You know? And I've even had another athlete that, signed on with me paid six months up front different amount of money and a lot of money and uh messaged me and he's like businessman he goes hey i changed my mind i don't want to do the ultra anymore i want to um i want to do cycling only uh, i i have i have another coach in mind which is like thank god like cycling is just you know <laughs> no thanks Um, he's like I'm going to do cycling only I'm going to do these like crit races he's like I'm just going to go with this other coach he's like just keep the keep the change wow I'm like I'm like "Uh, all right man good luck he's like yeah man like I appreciate everything you did like we'll keep in touch and he texts me see then that that
1: guy just bought you helping somebody else that's kind of like how do you pay it forward to like somebody that necessarily couldn't afford it exactly and you know what
0: you know what that and like like those are those are like see and that's what I hate is i The the thing I hate the most about coaching and like being in this lifestyle is like people will reach out to me, and you can get someone's vibe right off the bat, right? You know, there's people out there that are just they don't want to spend the money, but then there's people out there that don't have the money to spend.
1: Yeah, there's there's a difference.
0: And you know, when like I had this kid reach out to me, and he's 17 years old, and I didn't know he was 17 until I got on the phone with him. He's a junior. He's a junior in high school. Bro, he's a junior in high school. And he messaged me on Instagram, spoke with me, set up a phone call about this is coaching. Wild. About coaching. I get on the phone with him. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, I want to run a 50. I'm like, dude, let's do it. I'm like, so what do you do for work? He's like, I'm in school. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, like, like like, that, like that's sick. Where do you go to college? He's like, I'm a junior in high school. And I'm like, you want to run a 50? Like, when I was a junior in high school, I didn't even know what T-shirt I wanted to wear, let alone if I wanted to run a 50. And I'm like, how do I, like, number one. I would have been,
1: like, 50 feet? <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to like, run 50 like feet? Like, he, he goes, he go, he, he goes I, know I'm, I know
0: I'm young, but, like, do you think I can do it? I'm like, yeah, bro. Like, your your metabolism is through the roof. Like, you could eat Big Macs and train for this. And you know, no, obviously I didn't say that, but yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, how do now you? Now you're the Big Mac, bro. How do yeah? <laughs> how do you charge? How do you charge him that? Like 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 like? How do I charge? Like this kid that comes to me, seventeen years old, and I'm like, what? How do I how do I charge him? Like I, I just I don't I don't know. Scholarship, bro. Exactly. So, old boy paid me four grand up front for, however many months of training, and you know I mean it's like, dude. Yeah, bro, I got you.
1: Let's run this 50. Yeah, that, is, that I would say is one of the toughest parts of coaching is like how to balance that. Something that I learned when I got into full-time entrepreneurship was how to make your, almost like your nonprofit work fit more of your lane. And basically the successful entrepreneur booked out, I reached out to him and was like, I would love to take a call with you. I have this very specific question. And he was like, yeah, like, talk to my admin. I set aside hours every single week to talk to early stage entrepreneurs. And he was talking about, like, he doesn't have necessarily the time to go do some other, like, quote, unquote, give back methods. But he's said this is right in line with, like, his mission. And it's his, like, right off in his head that he either went and gave food to the homeless or... Did a certain give back, but he was doing it for early stage entrepreneurs where normally he'd be charging thousands of dollars yeah. for the same type of time. And it really, it kind of flipped my framework because in my mind, I was so hard on myself. It's like, I want to serve, but I need to make money. And it's like, the more you ma- money you make, if you just focus on that, the more you can serve in that age old thing. But it's, you can kind of integrate it in as long as you're able to like say no. How do you decide who to work with, because that I think for coaches out there is another struggle of building this system of, how do I understand this person that's reaching out that wants help? I'm the type of person, usually if you're a coach, you wanna help, and you end up saying yes to too many people that you shouldn't. Like, how do you dive into right away whether this person is worth the salt or not?
2: Yeah, like the other day, uh, I put out an Instagram story And was like, hey, you know, I'm taking on athletes for the month of December, blah, 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 great time to start for the new year, this and that. I had 78 people, I had 78 leads come from that story. You go through, and I hit everyone up, and I'm like, hey, you know, I saw that you replied to the story, because, you know, I put a poll, vote on the poll, I had 78 people vote, like, yeah, I'm interested. Okay, so here we go, bang, 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 78 people. 78 people give you 40 replies. You get to these 40 replies. And I feel like I'll know on your first reply, like what you, like, cause I'm like, what are your goals? You know, I send a message and I'm like, you know,
0: I see that you voted, like, what are your goals? What do you want to do? Oh, I just want to get better at running. It's not, that's, you're out. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, I want like, like I have people that message me back and they'll be like, Like, my goal is to do the Leadville 100. After the Leadville 100, I want to run a marathon. I probably said that way backwards. (laughs) I want to run a marathon. I want to do the Leadville 100. Not in our world. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I want to do this. I want to do this. And I want to do that. And I'm like, done. Like, absolutely. I'm like, want to hop on a call? Yep, sounds good. Those are the people that sell. Yeah, they made your life easy. One, two, three. Like, they know what they want. But then you have the guys that are like, yeah, I just want to get better at running. And now, like, I, I, I really, I don't have time. I leave it. I leave it like that. Sound you know sounds good. Like that's it. Because those people that are like I want to get better at running, then you get them on the phone, right? They don't have a goal. Like the goal is to get better at running. Okay, so get them on the phone and they're like, yeah, you know, I just you know I just I lift weights and you know just want to get better at running. How does it work? And I tell them and they're like, yeah, it's cool. Like how much is it? I'm like x amount a month. And they're like, mm, man. It's just, I'll think about it, you know, a little, little, little much for me right now. Because why have, are we here? Because, 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 <laughs> you, because you don't have a goal. Yeah. You don't have a goal. So, and like what you just said with the price tag, right? What's it worth when they don't have a goal? It's worth zero. Yeah. If you don't have a goal, it's worth zero. You know what? Like I literally paid last year to run the Leadville 100 through charity. I couldn't raise enough money. I paid almost $1,500 out of my pocket. And I would have paid that fifteen hundred dollars times ten to run the Leadville one hundred again. Like, like I, I, it, 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 I didn't have ten k in the bank, but if I had ten thousand dollars in the bank to just to just piss away, I would I would have spent that to run the Leadville one hundred, or I would have done anything I could to find. I mean, I probably
1: just dropped like three Gs to run a no name fifty k, pretty much.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like getting like, family out there, yeah, flights, yeah. food. Because it's worth, it's worth those things to you. So, <laughs> so, you know, every time I put out a story, I get 70 to hundred replies. I hit up every single one and the, you know, you get a message back from half, half of them qualify, half of them get on the phone, half of them convert for me, but I'm not a full time coach. I just do it because I love it. I mean, that's standard you know, though. There's, that's there's, standard there's sales, you know, there's, the way you work that down. When I think about Brady, Oki, who owns Tua, who I'm the hybrid athlete coach through, Brady will hop on a call with 10 people and he will sell sell nine and a half out of 10. I don't know how he sells a half, but he would like, like, like I'm telling you that man can sell. And for me, I'm just, I'm not a salesman like, like, and, and it's probably wrong on my part, but I've talked to many people on the phone and I'm like, look, man, like I'm not here to sell you. I'm here to help you to the Dallas half marathon. If you want to run the Dallas Half-Marathon and you want a PR, you want to go sub 140. Yeah, I will make that happen. If you don't want to do it, then then that's then that's fine.
1: Yeah. The 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 thing about it is though, he probably he has that full system yeah. in place where for you the next I would say it, the next wave of your business is that person that doesn't have a goal, you're building in a way for him for them to find their goal. Yes. So like you're selling them or serving them is the better word. A product or service that isn't necessarily focused on hitting a specific goal—it's helping them find out who they are to understand what their their running goal is, and that yeah, could and be I like have
0: plenty of athletes that I yeah that I and you have. could shuffle them
1: off to somebody else that that is their strength, but they're yeah. operating under Matt Johnson.
0: hundred well, percent, and and I have plenty of athletes that have signed on with me just because we've had the conversation where they don't have a race on the schedule, and I keep pushing them. I'm like, you know, there's a difference between training. And working out, right? If you have nothing on the schedule, you're just working out. If you have something on the schedule, you are training. And there is a difference in training and working out. There's a difference in intensity. There's a difference in mentality. There is a killer mindset that comes with training. I want all of my athletes to constantly be training, I don't care if your race is six months away. You're still training. You have your eye on the goal. You see it. You believe it. You're ready for it. You're you're training. Fuck working out. We don't work out. We train. That's my mentality. That's why people come to me.
1: Let's backtrack. When you were in the military, what did... What did your working out or training look like then? Like what, what got you to that mentality to think like that?
0: It's hard to say because really like, like when in, when you're leading up to, so I was, I was in the Iowa national guard. So I was in the national guard. I had an active duty job. So I worked in the uniform every single day, but I also drilled on the weekends which is like one week in a month, two weeks in the year. That's how the National Guard works. So I would work Monday through Friday, and then one week in a month I would work Monday through Sunday and back to work on Monday. But two different jobs. So like I worked for Midwest Counterdrug Monday through Friday doing counter drug operations and training and stuff like that. And then my one week in a month I would go be you know a gunner up on top of a truck or I'd go drive a truck. I, you know I go to my I go to my unit. Within the guard you have 5 year phases. Year 1 is sitting phase. Means you're not like you're not going to you're not deploying. Year 2 you have crawl. Year 3 you have jog. Year 4 you have run. Year 5 it's go time. That means you're on you're on a 5 year rotation. Your unit's probably going to deploy every 5 years. So, you know, like, granted, yeah, that's years down the road, but like, you know, whether it's year one in your sitting phase, you're going, you know that like, Hey, shit is about to like, like, like shit's about to pop off at some point now when, and, 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 you know, your deployment date one year before you deploy, like, or two years before you deploy. Honestly, there's been some units where, where you know, two years, it's like, Hey, 20, like, Oh, fuck, when was that? I don't remember when it was. Twenty. I don't know. Who cares? Anyways, it's like, hey, we're we're go time in in eighteen months. So you know, you drill one week in a month with your unit. It's now seventeen months. It's sixteen months. It's fifteen months. It's ten months. It's three months. We're leaving tomorrow. So I think like the mentality of that is like you with the military planning. You're always looking ahead. You're always trying to see what's next. And for me as a coach is like, imagine if you were just, imagine if you went to work in the military and you had no idea when you were going to deploy. You had no idea if you were going to deploy.
1: Yeah, you would slack off.
0: You would slack off for sure. And then you, and then, and then you walk in on a Wednesday and they're like, Hey, we're heading out load up. And you're like, Oh shit right you're like i am not big mac boys dog I am not, they're like don't even get my ketone IQ man like, like let's go so so that that's where i think that mentality came from is that you know we always had actually my commander when i don't know if you remember or not you remember shit was popping off in korea yeah In like 20, 2018 26, 26 i don't know No, it was i think I was, it was young. like right before covid i was young
1: 2019
0: yeah okay so our like our entire unit was just being just pieces of shit. And this is in February. He called us in, brand new commander, called us in. Emergency meeting. Everyone's talking. Fuck is going on. What's going on? And like we had been slacking off for, for months. Brings up a full professional PowerPoint that we are deploying to South Korea. And on March twenty third, it's February. They're like March twenty third. You're gonna have to call your family. You're gonna tell your family. You need to start doing like you need to start doing X Y Z. You need to tell your job. Blah 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 blah. People are shitting themselves. Like, holy shit, we're deploying in three weeks. Get to the end of the presentation, and he's like, "This is this is what could happen." He goes, "Now, who in here was ready to puke? Because if you were ready to puke." You're fucking wrong. People hated him for that.
1: That is such a
0: good, but leadership I sat tactic. there. I sat there, and I was like, "Whoa!" And that's something that I will remember for the rest of my life. Number one, because I was 20 years old, and I'm like, "Holy shit, I'm about to go get Kim Jong Un," you know, in <laughs> Korea here. Like I was fucking scared shitless. But it's something I will remember forever because that just that taught you preparation. If you are not prepared, you will die.
1: Have you ever heard the quote the separation is in the preparation?
0: No. Which may that, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. But that I mean, you know, that that's a problem that you run that you run with, you know, in the guard is that 90% of the National Guard is not active duty like I was. How do how do people gain, gain that mentality without being in the military? The mentality of preparation? Yeah. I think that it needs to be taught by someone who you're going to teach Aiden, you're going to you're going to teach your son preparation because you were taught preparation. Who taught you preparation? Who taught him preparation? Who taught him preparation? Someone maybe here's, you know, you know, you know I mean? it's got to be an interesting taught.
1: thing that I that I think about a lot. It's like it doesn't even have to be a person that teaches you preparation. It's your failures. Cuz for me what has taught me the most in life is when I showed up and I felt like a fucking idiot. Just like in that moment where you're like ready to puke. Yeah. And you'll never forget that moment. If you're a winner, you never want to feel that way again. No, no, no. So that's uh, where it's uh, yeah. like, oh shit, I'm never going to be underprepared for this moment ever again because I don't want to look like an idiot. Yeah. Sports really taught me that because the better you get at sports, like the more people that show up to see you play. And I, I never took it lightly that like friends, family, people. You hear my my son? Aiden's going, yeah, he's going nuts crazy. right now.
0: Um, Aiden has something in his hand and he's just <laughs> violently smashing it on the ground right now. Um,
1: he's preparing, dude. Yeah, he's probably exactly. his dumbbell. Um, <laughs> but I never took it lightly that people would come out and watch me and I never wanted to look like a fool. So I would train really hard. It wasn't even about like going pro or anything like that. Like it was just like I never wanted to feel stupid on game day. 100 just like parlayed and, into life.
0: Uh Jack Driscoll and mm. Noah, we were we were talking about this yesterday on a run. Talk about a savage,
1: dude. Jack, that dude is a he's nuts. That is like he's like he's, not human.
0: He's the he's, he's he is easily the fittest man in the world. Yeah.
1: I but, don't I don't how has he not been labeled that? Like watching his stories, I'm just like yeah. We were talking about Cam Haynes earlier. It's like that dude needs yeah. to have Jack Driscoll on his 100% podcast. 100% what does he like? Run sub five mile and then squat like over five hundred pounds in the same day or something? Yeah. Shit?
0: Now, so now he's doing this. He's doing this thing where um, he's doing a five, six, three, four, five, six. So it's a bench press, three hundred pound bench press, four hundred pound deadlift, five hundred pound squat, sub six minute mile. Hold on. Within the same hour? No, within the same hour, the, the sub six minute mile starts when you bench. What do you mean? So it's one, two, three, four. You bench, you deadlift, you squat. Oh, so he basically has to shoot your for like time, a sub five. Your time starts. So Once he it, hits So the as bench. soon as you touch that bench bar, your sub six minute mile starts. So you need to have your bench set up, your deadlift set up, your squat set up. You go one rep bench, Move over, deadlift, squat, run. He's going to do that. I think he's talking about doing it tomorrow at Squatch. So he wants me to pace him for like the first half of the, of the mile. Um, but with that being said, we were, um, we were all running together, and we were talking about you know, going back to what we were just talking about. We were talking about like when I want to do something, I tell everyone. I want to win the BPN marathon, holds me accountable. If I'm going to go out and I'm going to put out there to thousands of people on the internet and all of my friends and family, and I'm going to tell them I'm going to win the BPN marathon, that holds me accountable. And it puts me in a situation where I'm like, if I fuck this up, it's going to be pretty freaking embarrassing. What did I do? I went out and I won the BPN marathon. I said, I'm going to finish the Leadville 100. Told everybody. What did I do? I went out and I finished the Leadville 100. The second
2: time. The second time. <laughs> not the first time. I'm not. <laughs> I won uh,
0: I won the 50K Ultra uh, last year. And I remember walking into my grandparents' house because it was down in Arkansas. And I walked in and my grandma was like, yeah, you know, are you excited for tomorrow? I said, yeah, I'm going to win it. And she just kind of like looks at me. I'd, I'd never ran over 20 miles at that point. She's like, ha 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 I fucking won that bitch. I set the course record. Like... You know, like I I, I tell people that I value and I care about. Like, yeah, I'll tell Instagram, but I tell everyone else the same thing. I'm going to, I am going to do this because it holds me accountable. puts me in a, in a, in a tight spot because what's a big thing to me is like, if you're, if you say you're going to do it, do it. Be who you say you are. Have you ever
1: watched the show Suits? No, I know about it. I have not watched it. In that show. Throughout the seasons, they talk about putting a gun to your head. In the beginning of the series, uh, Harvey is the main character. Talks about when you have the gun to your head. There's always a second option. Most people always just think like there's one option. Like you're gonna die. You're gonna get shot. And. That's what that makes me think of when you, when you're thinking about talking about the goals that you have in such a specific way, like you're putting the gun to your head where there is no other option, but to at least try to get out of this, because if I don't, I'm going to die. Like mentality, obviously running these races is very different than having a gun to your head. I want to suicide that in social media world where people will literally call you out for anything. Um, but that mentality of like giving yourself no other option, but it's not very, to at least put in your mind, um, that you're going to win. And do you do any manifestation of like hundred percent? I'm crossing the finish line, the winner.
0: Yeah. Like I will, um, about a week before the race, I, 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 shut, I shut everything down. I don't leave. I don't leave the house. I don't, unless I'm like, you know, I'm going to do my run. But, like, I don't do anything. No extracurriculars. Like, no no Walmart trips, no Target trips, no haircuts, no no coffee shops, no, what, no nothing. And I sit in the plan, and I think about it, even to the point to where, like, I'll get goosebumps. I'll think about it. I'll sleep. I'll dream about it. I'll visualize it. I'll see the finish line. I saw the finish line of the Leadville 100 in my head, a thousand times the week of the race. And honestly, I'd never seen the finish line before because I didn't see it year one. And the BPN marathon, I pictured myself running down that final straightaway. And then I had this iconic shot of me yelling. Have you seen you've you've seen that shot of me in like my white tank top just screaming, like midair, no feet on the ground. And I've pictured that shot in my head before the race even happened. And I tell a lot of my athletes, too, I'm like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, go look in the mirror and tell yourself that you're the fucking best. I tell myself that every day. I tell my friends that. I tell everyone that. I tell everyone I'm the greatest of all time. I'm built different.
1: (laughs) Because why not? It's me. Until you work out with Eric Henman and then you blow your back out.
0: Yeah, Eric (laughs) Henman blew my back out. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, now that... A viral clip it. clip like clip, it. <laughs>
2: clip it.
0: Put eric behind you dude uh i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna clip that um <laughs> shit great great um quote that bitch yeah put that on a t-shirt um yeah man i mean here's the thing it's my story you don't get to tell me how to tell it i tell my fucking story if i want to say i'm the best i'm gonna say i'm the best I mean, I, I, I think I am the best. And if you have a problem with that, you're the problem, not me. It's my story to tell, not yours. It also,
1: it, it brings up the question of, of what does best look like? And I think even just having this conversation with you is an awesome dichotomy because when you're talking about winning, right, you're, you're signing up to races to win them versus somebody like me who signs up for an alternative motive it's not necessarily about winning in the normal context. Like for me, the 50K I just ran, like winning for me was having my friend be able to race this race with me, I've known him for over 20 years, and he feels confident and able, like capable to do it with me. It's being able to not only walk the next day, But be able to go on a run and like continue.
0: Yeah, you did. That was so cool to see. Yeah,
1: continue to move because, like, I have a young son and my wife who are depending on me to provide and protect. I can't just go to demolish myself to try and, in normal context, win this race. And that has been a tough thing for someone like me to digest over the years. And the reason I'm communicating this is because there's other people listening to this where you need to learn to turn that. Matt Johnson switch on in, t- in times in your life and you need to understand where I'm coming from as well because there's different seasons to life like you're you're talking to the guy that coming out of high school like I was voted most competitive like everyone knew me as this like cutthroat I want to win at all costs type of person and I think there's there's seasons to that and I know you would agree with me because right now you're in a season of life where you can be all in on yourself and I've had I've already had that in my life. I just want to communicate to other people that like your definition of winning, especially like when you're getting coached can look a million different ways. Sometimes winning is just like, I just want to work out 365 days this year. And when I say work out, like pick a goal, train for that thing for 365 right. days and not get injured and yeah. like do it a smart way. Because if your year before was fucking eating Cheetos on the couch, you're winning. You're winning. If you're working out for 365 days yeah. that year. And I think that's what stops a lot of people. And, Something that we've done a great job of at Squatch, and I've seen you do it through—what uh, was that run that we just did? That You just did? The Chaos Race. The Chaos series. Race.
0: Gosh, yeah. that was a blast. People yeah. love that.
1: So, like, starting things like that where you're just getting people introduced and—
0: Because the point of that race was not to win. There was no winner at all.
1: Yeah, you show up, you win. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I, I wanted to spotlight that for you because you come off as, like, it's winner win at all costs, but— um, when you're working with other people and you're in the community, it's a it's a much different vibe. See, How do you balance
0: that?
2: The, because the win, like
0: uh, the the saying of winning, when I say win, it always looks different. Because when I, I set the goal, I set the goal of winning the lead. Or, <laughs> that would be sick. I set the goal of winning the BPN marathon. I won the BPN marathon. But during that time frame, I also set the goal of going sub-12 and going sub-3 in the same week. Sub-12 Ironman, sub-3-hour marathon. That was the main goal, was to do those two things in the same week. I did that. You know, the, winning isn't always winning. Because winning, to me, I won the Leadville 100. Because I finished. My goal wasn't to win, my goal was to finish. But to me, that's a win. So it's really like, what does, like what you just said, what does winning mean? You going out and running that, that 50K, 50K? Mm-hmm. You going out and running that 50K, like winning for you was, was like you had told me weeks before, getting your, like you're going to get your buddy across the finish line. You won, right? You did, cause you go,
1: you, you did it. And he did fucking 20 push-ups with me after At we the crossed the finish line. And did I he, have a video of
0: it. Did he scream, like, who's going to carry the boats? <laughs> the <laughs> we should have scre- screamed Who's going to carry? Have you seen the video of Goggins doing that? No. Yeah, he finished the Moab 240. And he immediately broke down into push-ups screaming, like, "Like they don't That's know me, sick. son. Like, 240 miles. You're nuts. Um. Yeah, but winning, winning looks different. Winning looks different for everybody.
1: All right. Let's, we got about like five more minutes here and then Matt and I got to go win the day in other ways. What does winning look like in 2024? Staying
0: healthy. That's a big one. Same for me. A hundred percent. And you know, uh, going into January, um, I don't really have a lot going on February. I'm going to run the Austin half just for fun. Um, March, I have a 50 miler in Antelope Canyon, uh, out in Arizona, Nothing in April, nothing in May. Oh, man. That's wrong. That's not true. This year I'm doing Leadman. You know what Leadman is?
1: I do, but yeah. the people don't, so do. let them the know. people don't.
0: So Leadman is, it involves the Leadville 100. Um, it is the Leadville Marathon in May. The 50-mile run in June. Mm, nothing in July. What's in June? The fifty mile, the Gold Rush fifty miler, and that's the same course as Leadville. I think or, so. Hmm. I might need to do some more research, but because yeah, I mean, maybe, mar- maybe I'll do the Maybe I'll do that you know marathon. Me.
1: Or is that marathon like? It, does it have trail involved, or is it it's only? A, it's
0: a trail marathon. It's in Leadville. Like yeah, it's a trail marathon. <laughs> it was a blizzard last year during it in May.
1: Maybe mm-hmm. I'll do that one. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll
0: be on so. The list. Leadville Marathon. I'm not going to give you the times. So Leadville Marathon. Leadville 50 or 50-mile bike, but I'm going to do the 50-mile run. Uh, Leadville 100-mile mountain bike, Leadville 10K, Leadville 100 from May to August. So that's going to be my May to August. Uh, September, I'm going to completely take September fully off to heal up. And October 1st, we're going to run across the state of Texas. I love that. El Paso. What? Let's go back, though, before you said, like, I listened to a podcast the
1: other day, and they were talking about, so Charlie Munger, unfortunately, just passed away, lived a great life, was 99 years old. But I was listening to My First Million, and Sam Parr and Sean were talking about kind of like quotes from Munger and principles he lived by. And one of the things that he does is he uses this, this inversion principle. So you're talking about staying healthy in 2024. Now, how do we invert that and say what could you, what did you do this year, and what would you do in twenty twenty four to be unhealthy, and then you just don't do those things? So that people out there, are like, what did you do this year that maybe led to being unhealthy, or what could you continue to do in twenty twenty four that would make you unhealthy?
0: Uh, this year, I, I, I think where my where my stress fractures came from was uh, under eating. I think I was really under eating during my training. Um, I don't want to say I, I was over training because I was. I mean, I was running. 100 to 120 miles a week which in the ultra in the ultra ultra world you're just world, doing the job. Yeah, in the yeah. ultra ultra world that's not that's not astronomical. So I mean I'm sure to the normal person that that's crazy, but it's it it's truly not. But there's been a lot of studies done around carbohydrates and ultra running leading to uh bone health. And I think that I was really under eating cuz you remember, remember I dropped down to 127. Yeah. And we were, you and I, I think you and I talked about like my, what's my, what's my stand, standalone weight, which is like a 145. So I was 20 pounds lighter. I wasn't eating right. I wasn't supplementing right. Um, so this year, you know, it's going to be, you know, eating right, supplementing right, building, you know, building the mileage correctly. Um, And, you know. That's the real work. Doing a lot of, yeah, yeah. That 100%. is the real work. And like, that's, that's what, what I've found is and like, that's like what, the miles
1: become easy. The workouts yeah. become easy. The real work is like you're tired and then you got to make that thousand calorie smoothie when you don't yeah. fucking want to. hundred percent. And then you don't even want to eat it.
0: A hundred percent. And the goal, the goal this year is, is to stay healthy. But I mean, the goal is to get across the, the state of Texas. The goal is to run from El Paso to Galveston. Like that is, that is my 2024. Fast forward the entire year, put me in El Paso. I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's go.
1: Everything else is a lead up to that.
0: hundred percent. Everything else is a training session, including Leadville
1: including the five miles we're about to go rip. What do you have for the people to end on? What Anybody out there that is working towards a goal in 2024 and needs a little pep in their step, what do we got for them?
0: It's as simple as this. Just do it. 100%. Go out, do it, document it, video it. You don't even have to show people. But your future self will thank you. So if you have a goal... Video it, talk about it, write it down, take pictures of it. There's so many things that, so many goals I used to set when I first started that I wish I would have documented. Like my first half, my first 5k, my first marathon. You know, like 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 that. I I don't have anything of it, and it would be really cool to look back on right now and be able to see I, that.
1: The cool thing is, my phone is over there, but. I uh I vlogged my 50k yes. with my buddy Jeff. And yeah. uh he texted me today and we're about we're almost two weeks out from it. And he texted me something along the lines of it's really cool to have these posts because he doesn't really post on Instagram. He's not a he's not a social media person, but I collabed with him, made it easy with him, and he's like, It's really cool that like every time I log in, like I'm still kind of like reliving these moments. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, there's two things. Like, one that's exactly why I do a lot of the content that I do. It from the outside person it might seem like I'm trying to get something out of somebody or something, but the reality is I get to, I have so many memories that I look back on and pull from at any given moment and there that's the I told him this was my response. Like that is equal sign dollar sign net worth. That is my net worth is like the memories that I have. And the second thing was what's next? That's what I asked him. I was like because you can't just keep looking back at these videos and photos you have, like we got to pick something else for you. So you have that same feeling. So my advice for people going into 2024 is pick something that scares you. And again, going back to the winning, like this could be a 5k could be like you're 30 pounds overweight and you haven't ran ever pick the 5k that scares you. Or it could be like me where it's just like, okay, the next thing that scares me a little bit is i'm I'm pushing somebody through the awesome marathon and that's scary to me because that's like again going to to what matt said earlier of like calling your shot it's like it's one thing to run by yourself or like with no weight vest on but then somebody else's dream is dependent on me like i can't fuck up so i need to be ready for that yeah and there's a lot of hills (laughs) Um,
0: that's the first thing that popped in my mind. You're like, you're like, you're like someone else's dream and I'm like Hills.
1: Yeah. So, but th- what keeps me going through the hills is that person's dream. Right. Absolutely. So it's like this, the second part of that is like, do something that scares you. But like second thing is like, provide that purpose in that dream. Like whether it's your dream or somebody else's dream you're fighting for, attach it to that. And you, you'd be hella amazed at what you can accomplish, but appreciate you jumping back on here today. I look forward to kind of doing this every six months to a year, and...
0: When was the last one? It was a, it. was right... Oh, oh! it was the week. It was after Literally Leadville, the, the, week, the week after Leadville. Yeah. So August, this is like August 22nd. Yeah. So we have to do this once a quarter.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm down for it. One of the things that, I mean, talking about shooting your shot and holding yourself accountable is like having a little bit more fun with the show, and I think I've held myself back a little bit by thinking it has to look a certain way or bring a new guest on or yada yada, but... At the end of the day, it's I love having conversations with people and the people that also love to have conversations and try creative ideas. I need to bring on more. And that's something in 2024 I'm going to be looking into. So I appreciate you coming back here. Looking forward to getting our workout in. If you listen to this episode and you think it could be valuable to somebody else out there, please share it. That's the best thing that you can do for us. Give us that five-star rating and review. Until next time, this is CJ Finley with the on Life Podcast. Drive on, y'all.